1: It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Fade. Monday, August 19th, 2013. Today, we'll be dealing with a singular topic with multiple segments. From time to time, we need to do this to help our neighbors to not be duped. ...by those charlatans out there who are engaging in money schemes and blaspheming the name of God in the process... For tuning in, you're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Let's face it. The reality is is there, that there are folks literally praying upon, not P-R-A-Y, but P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, praying upon Uh, unsuspecting Christians, and they are fantastic showmen. And what are they all about? Well, they're about their God. Their God is not the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, Yahweh. Their God is not God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Their God is money. Their God is mammon. And what they are gifted at doing is Literally, causing you to believe that, listen, God wants you to be an uber millionaire. God wants you to prosper. And all you gotta do, well, they get a thousand and one different uh, direct revelations from God, supposedly. But it always comes down to the same thing. God wants you to give their ministry money. That's what it's all about. So today's episode of Fighting for the Faith is dedicated to the singular topic of how to spot the ever so prevalent money scams that go on nowadays in the church. And unfortunately, the plethora of money scheming that goes on in the church is, uh, well, it's hit a new high or low, depending on how you look at it. But It's such a prevalent problem, and it, I mean, you turn on television, you're bound to see it, you turn on the radio, you're bound to hear it, Uh, you stick around any of the charismatic Pentecostal direct revelation from God, so was seen in my ministry kind of churches, well, you're going to be shaken down. And what you will find is, is that you will experience dramatic weight loss upon uh, leaving uh, the uh, that those types of churches, and I'm not talking about belly fat. I'm not talking about cottage cheese thighs. I'm talking about a significant weight loss occurring in and around your wallet area. And what you will discover if you are, well, schnookered into believing these charlatans, it's at the end of the day the promises that they're making. Uh, you know that God is supposedly revealing directly to them. Uh, Well, God wasn't promising nothing. What you get in return for sowing into their ministries, well, is a big gaping hole in your wallet that will take, well, some overtime work on your part or uh, learning a tough lesson on your part kind of thing. You get nothing in return. Why? Because God's not behind these people. The promises they're making are not the promises that are made in Scripture that we can go to the bank with. In fact, the promises in Scripture are for sinners, for sinners who are brought to penitent faith and trust in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. The promises in Scriptures are for the forgiveness of sins. Yes, God will meet your needs, but nowhere in Scripture is there a general promise given that God is going to make his Christians healthy and wealthy and all that kind of stuff. You think back to the early chapters of uh, the book of Acts, the apostle Peter is going into the temple to, you know, to preach and to teach into the uh, Solomon's colonnade, and out there was a beggar, a beggar who was lame, and, uh, you know, he's asking for alms from Peter, and what does Peter say? Silver and gold we do not have, but what I do have, I tell you in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Yeah, um, those who think that Christianity is all about getting in on God's good side so that he can make you into a millionaire. That's not the good news of the gospel. It's a false gospel that's being preached that preys upon people's sinful nature and their innate greediness that is uh, part of our human nature as a result of the fall. And, well, those who are greedy in church will find that they will be preyed upon by some dubious characters who are engaging in money schemes. And so what we're going to be doing today, singular topic, multiple segments, we'll introduce them along the way. But actually, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about. We've got a... uh a money grubbing televangelist type whose name is uh, Bo Sanchez, and uh, we're going to be listening to a portion of, a, of uh, one of his <clears throat> messages called "Happy, Healthy, Holy Money." <laughs> yeah, wait till you hear how this one works. Then we'll switch gears and we'll spend a little time with Rod Parsley and his good friend Steve Muncy as they talk about um, uh, uh, the uh, what do they call it—the attainment blessing something like that some weird concoction and it of course it sounds too good to be true because it is too good to be true it's not what God's word says God's word God is not about turning you into millionaires he's about something else and then for our sermon review we'll head down to Florida again to Troy Gramling's potential church as we listen to <laughs> A, uh, a sermon, again, it's all about shaking down the folks who've showed up. They will not be taught the Word of God correctly. They will be taught a false gospel, and they will be preyed upon uh, as a result of the fact that they are materialistic and greedy and these guys know it, and they put on a good show, and as a result of putting on a good show, they tug at the heartstrings and try to tell you how sincere they are about how God just wants you to have money. But Jesus says, "You cannot serve God and money. if you're worshiping money, <laughs> uh yeah, you're, in, you're you're basically you are the sucker that they're getting ready to prey upon. And they'll pray upon you in the so-called church, but these aren't churches. And these men are not preachers. They are <clears throat> snake oil salesmen. They are conmen. And they are extremely skilled at what they do. And there's many, many a victim who's fallen prey to their schemes, all done in the name of God. And I assure you, that on the Day of Judgment, these men will not be brought into the kingdom of God, but the hottest regions of hell are reserved for men such as this. So, since we're going to be talking about money this entire program, it's important that we introduce the concept here. Here's Dr. Teeth of The Muppet Show and his rendition of Money, Money, Money.
2: Don't want no gal to call me honey Don't want my name in the Hall of Fame just want a big fat pile of money Give me that almighty dollar For that lettuce, hear me holler Give me buckets full of ducats Let me walk around and waller in mazuma elder want to be a millionaire oh, Give me money, 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 money I want that green ammunition That's the stuff for which I'm wishing Fill my closets with deposits I'm a demon in addition Give me shackles, give me facels Let me see their smiling faces Money, 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 money Want to get me a suit? That's made out of loot and whistle to wear it in green. i got that monetary-itis like speeches, like King Midas. Want that golden touch is what I mean. Give me that old double eagle. Want that tender that is legal and financially substantially. Any sum I can and beagle. Want a living regal splendor for that loving legal tender. Money, 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 money. money. Back collector, I'm a paper bill inspector, I'm a savage for their cabbage band to me is golden nectar. Pour their filthy Luther on me, spread those loving germs upon me. Money, 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 money. And if they ever plant trees of e-curm, but you know, I wanna be the guy that they send out to around That's right. Money,
1: money, money. Dr. Teeth of The Muppet Show. All right, our first specimen of shaking people down and preying upon their love of that false god money. Uh, Here's uh, Bo Sanchez from the Truly Rich Club, letting everybody know how God wants them to be rich. And when you hear a message like this being preached in your church, run run because you're about to experience weight loss again it's the weight in your wallet that will be graciously disappearing
2: <clears throat>
1: here's bo sanchez and his message happy healthy holy money here we go
3: it's so welcome our dear brother preacher and friend brother
4: bo sanchez <laughs>
3: I just want to check, uh, are there some people
1: here who want to get rich? Yeah, this is (laughs) a preacher. Oh, is there anyone here who wants to get rich? Whoa, hey, I do. Wow, okay. Yeah, (laughs) the bait is on the hook and the hook is already set. (laughs) this guy is good. Yeah, sort of like expected that.
3: I want you to greet somebody beside you with a handshake or a big hug and tell that person, you already are rich. You already are rich. You really are. How many of you have come for the first time? Just want to see a raise of hands. You've come for the first time. want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here.
1: God bless you. God bless you this is your yeah <clears throat> by the way the um, the prohibition in the old testament thou shalt not take the name of the lord your god in vain this is the epitome of what that commandment is forbidding hijacking the name of the one true god the holy and true triune god the one who is hijacking his name piously putting forward platitudes like oh god bless you and holding up a bible and all that kind of stuff to make it appear as if this is the message that god wants you to hear and it's all about you getting rich this is blasphemy of a high order this is exactly what it means to blaspheme god's name home now make us your family we would love to see you every sunday
3: At the end of the feast, by the way, please go to the lobby. We'll give you a welcome gift. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody say this with me. God is here. here. The reason why you come is because God is here. It's, It's not because of me. It's not because of the... Beautiful place or the wonderful music. It's because God is here. And you know that when you come here, you're plugging into the only source of all
1: blessing, only source of all grace. Uh, you're plugging into the only source of all blessing. Remember, this led off with how many of you want to be rich? Which we all need. Yes? yes? You may have come here with a
3: challenge in your life, a difficulty or a trial. You may come here with a need. You may come here with a burden. But you've come to the right place because God is
1: here. <laughs> oh, see, you might have come here and you're, you, you might be, not be able to pay your rent. You might have come here with a problem, but don't worry. God is here. Finally, we're going to be your friend, we're going to come alongside of you and, and give you hope. We truly care for you, you person who's in need financially. Oh, we are here to, to help you. Get ready to write a check, though.
3: Got it. Oh, and we're starting a brand new series entitled Happy, Healthy, Holy Money. I want to warn you. I want to warn you that what you're going to hear from me in this whole month, are stuff that you won't hear from 90% of the preachers out there.
1: Right. Especially the ones who rightly handle God's word and, treat and teach sound biblical doctrine. See, that's the setup. Okay. Again, the, set, the hook has already been set. The bait was on the how many of you want to be rich. Now, this is kind of a secondary message. It's like, listen, we care about you 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 have a financial need oh you know we care about you so much we care about you so much we're going to tell you what all those other pastors are holding out on you you know and they're not giving you you know they they're not on the level we, you, yeah, and so ninety percent of them, they don't tell you this message, but we're gonna tell you because we care. They don't. All those guys care about I <laughs> sin and forgiveness and you know all that kind of stuff, but that's not gonna pay the bills. But you see, you, you come here with a <clears throat> financial need. Oh, we care about you, and we're gonna tell you what all those other guys they're not telling you because they don't really love you, they don't care about you, they're just a bunch of Bozos, But we care about you. Yes, we do. In fact, we care about you so much. We're going to give you a message that you can't give from, get from them because God's here to, well, to help you pay the rent. And we care about you. That's how this works. I'm going to tell you controversial stuff. No, false doctrine and twisted Bible stuff. Stuff that people criticize me for. That you should be criticized because you're speaking lies in the name of God. I,
3: I receive nasty
1: emails. That and you should.
3: Telling, telling me that I'm, I'm an antichrist.
1: <laughs> and you are. And you're leading people to hell as well as yourself. And that I'm a false prophet and I bring people into... And you are. See, he's sitting there going, oh, these people, they just, they hate me and... But I'm the nicest guy in the whole world. Hell, because of what I teach. You know what? I don't
3: care what people say. I'm going to teach you what I believe you need to hear that will bless your life so that you can become a blessing
1: to other people. This is my commitment to you. Oh, he's, oh, this so, such bravery here. Such selflessness. <laughs> far, far, far from it. The scam runs pretty much the same way every single time. This is how the scam works. And
3: and the reason why people do not understand, and and the reason why people criticize me is this. In this whole month, you're going to hear me teach you how to become rich.
1: Yeah, see, oh. 'Cause apparently the Bible has all of these secret steps and principles that you can just apply them. And see, he's the only brave one out there, brave enough to tell you what the others won't how to become
3: rich. People don't understand that. People say, Whoa, Bo, this shouldn't be in church. And my ask my question is, why? Why shouldn't it be? It should be here because if you're gonna if you're gonna hear how to become rich from other places, guess what? It, it, it's gonna it's it's not going to be in line with what you believe in.
1: Oh, see, there you go. That's the reason why you need to learn how to become rich in church. Is because if you learn it somewhere else, it's not going to be in line with God's word and what you believe. So we're going to teach you the Christian way to become rich. Huh? Weird. You know, Jesus said foxes have holes and, you know, birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to, you know, lay his head. Weird, huh?
3: Am I right? Let's learn it from God. Let's learn it from how God wants you to become rich. Amen? Amen. Are you ready? To receive the blessing of God today?
1: Come, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, everybody... This is the blasphemous part. You know, he's got to get everybody in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, wow, we're going to invoke the name of the triune God. Uh-huh. This is blasphemy. This is hijacking God's holy name and who he is to teach false doctrine and shake people down say today i receive all of god's love for me today i open myself to the
3: unbounded limitless overflowing abundance of god's universe today i open myself to god's blessings healing and miracles. Today I open myself to God's word. So I become
1: more like Jesus. This guy's got his own Joel Osteen-esque creed. Weird, huh? Every day. Today I proclaim that I am God's beloved. I'm God's
3: servant. I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world in Jesus' name.
1: Thy word uh, now here comes the pious part. Again, Another more piety here. <clears throat> He's holding up a Bible and singing a little, you know, kind of older praise song. You know? Is a lamp unto my feet. Wasn't it Amy Grant who originally recorded that? And a light unto my path.
3: James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from God and it comes down from heaven. Everybody say, good gift.
1: Yeah, notice he's reading uh, James 1, something out of context. Oh, every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven. That means wealth comes down from heaven, and God wants you to be rich. Do you think money can become
3: a good gift? Do you you think money can actually come from God? You know, I, I really believe this, that God doesn't mind that you become
1: rich. Oh, oh! I'm so glad you think that. I am so happy you think that God doesn't mind if I become, yeah, because that passage isn't about us becoming rich. Just reading a verse out of context and then changing the subject. Oh God, really, don't you think God wants you? Of course, He does. We, you know, he, if, and we want to tell you that. All those other guys, they won't tell you that, but we'll tell because we care about you.
3: But on one condition. The condition is this, that you be rich on the inside
1: before you are rich on the outside. Law-based, by the way. <clears throat> so here's the condition. you got you got to be rich on the inside first. So you better get busy cleaning up the inside because yeah, you, you, God's not going to give you wealth until you clean up your act. Law, law, law. I thought I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ, that... His righteousness is imputed to me by grace as a gift through faith. Uh Huh? Oh, yeah. Law-based. So when you don't become rich, well, it's your fault because you didn't clean up the inside of you well enough. You got to get busy, keep scrubbing on the inside. Because
3: if you are rich on the inside, then you can handle. Everybody say handle. You can handle the money that will come in. But if you are not rich on the inside, the money that will come in will destroy you. There's a guy, his name is Jack. He won the Lotto in the U.S. $315 million. Woo! But it destroyed him. You read his story, it destroyed his life, his family, destroyed his marriage. His kids turned to drugs. Jack said, I wish I never became rich. But that's because he was not rich on the inside. Be rich on the inside because money is... Yeah,
1: how how do we do that since we're all born dead in trespasses and sins and even Christians still have their sinful nature to contend with? So what am I supposed to do? Clean up things on the inside so that I can make myself worthy. Be wealthy on the inside so that God will make me wealthy on the outside. It's a magnificent magnifier. Everybody say
3: magnifier money will magnify that which is within you. If you are selfish inside you, ma- money will magnify your selfishness. If you are broken within you, guess what? Money will magnify your brokenness.
1: So I better get busy, you know, getting rid of my broken things so that I can, I can make myself worthy to... I can make myself wealthy on the inside so I can be wealthy on the outside. But if
3: you are good and kind and gentle and self-less.
1: I I can do that if if I'm going to be rich at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Notice the motivation for so-called Christian sanctification. I have to put the word so-called around it. Oh, I can be good. I can clean up things if God's going to make me rich after doing that. Yeah. Discipline. Guess
3: what? Money will magnify all that good stuff in you. And that's what we want to happen. Yes? I'll give you one more question and one more verse. Here's my next question to you. Do you think God is happy if you start earning a lot of money? You sure?
1: Some of you have... So notice these, these wonderful... They're almost snake-like. They're almost serpentine in, their, in the way he... Don't you think that God is happy when you make a lot of money? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I would say it depends. And what I mean by that is this. If a Christian's making a lot of money, and that's the thing they're trusting in, and not the God who provides for our needs, and they end up worshiping that idol, God is not pleased at all by how much money they're making. In fact, that money is an impediment to their worship of the one true God. They're not worshiping God now. They're worshiping mammon. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you Psalms 35, verse 27. It says, read with me. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Did you read?
1: Now, why, why is it that you claim that the word prosperity equals monetary wealth? Um. Yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you automatically equate prosperity with monetary wealth? That's not what the scripture is teaching here. In fact, somebody could be literally poor and penniless and prosper in Christ. They could be rich in good works to their neighbor. Prosperity doesn't just equal financial success. Oh, this guy's got... (laughs) Again, the hook was set with the bait... At the beginning. Now he's just playing with them as he's reeling them in. See that? God takes pleasure.
3: God takes delight when he sees you prosper. Wow. Wow. Hey, I can identify.
1: I'm a father. When my son was five years old. No, not what he just said. No, I can identify. He just slapped his Bible closed and put his Bible down. That is... Oh. Be careful now, because what he's done hes oh, I can identify with God because I'm a dad. So he closed his Bible, put it aside, and now he's going to tell us a story from his life. I remember
3: we were in a toy store, and my son said, Daddy, let's buy that toy. I want to buy that toy. I said, go ahead, son, buy it with your own money. And my son said, OK, I don't have money. And, and, my, and, and I told my son, start a business. And my son said, Okay. You know, five years old, you don't know anything. Okay. What business? <laughs> sell something, I told my son. And he said, Yes. What would I sell? And I asked him, What do you want to sell? And he said, Can I sell bangos? You know, the reason why he said that, because my friend and fellow preacher and, and builder, P.U. Español, Good, you know, he has this business that he distributes bangus lamganisa, bangus sisig, bangus kekya, bangus, you know, bangus, bangus, bangus. And and, and so I called Pio, Pio, can my son be your dealer? And Pio said, Your son? Five years old? And I said, Yeah. And so Pio said, Okay. And so I told my son, You're a dealer now. And so we went home. I typed the list of Bangos products that he will sell with the price, you know, prices. And while it was chugging out the computer printer, my son entered the room wearing a yellow necktie. And he got the leaflet and he said, Thank you, Daddy. And he rode his bike and I had to run after him. He went to his first victim, rang the doorbell, his grandmother came out, gave the leaflet, and he said, Call me anytime. And then he, you know, this this is quite embarrassing. In the next few days, every time I have guests at home, my son will be wearing his yellow necktie,
1: you know. This isn't a biblical teaching. Over his son. Two verses completely ripped out of context. Who here wants to be wealthy and rich? ...and his shorts, yellow
3: necktie, and he'll be distributing his leaflets. In the first three weeks, he sold 3,000 pesos worth of bonus. But the most wonderful thing, the, the most wonderful sight I saw as a father, was two months later, my son was seated on the living room floor with a toy in front of him, the same toy he pointed two months ago that he wanted to buy. He bought it with his own money. I felt so happy. I, I felt so proud as a father. I said,
1: that's my boy. Yeah, and the point is, is that, well, he can relate to God because God just takes pleasure in your prosperity. But you gotta give it to him. That was a slick presentation. Yeah, preying upon that other false god. Well, the greed that people have and whoring after that false god, mammon and money. right, we are up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Or you can subscribe on Facebook as Facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Or you can follow me on Twitter, my name there at Pirate Christian Quick Break. When we come back, another example of this exact same thing coming from Rob Parsley and Steve Muncie. Don't want to miss it, stay tuned. We will be right back.
0: Jesus did not die for your four oh one K. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> python's flying circus church
3: let's face it it's a visual age and the old bible is impractical and irrelevant but that shouldn't hamper your spiritual growth if you're tired of all those words like atonement, sin, justification, and all that deep stuff about God,
5: look no further.
3: Announcing The Massage, a new Bible version that puts you and your personal needs central. Written in a style familiar to readers of the National Enquirer, The Massage concentrates on making you feel good rather than filling your head with all those doctrines that clutter the older Bibles and disrupt unity. So if you've lost that loving feeling, pick up your copy of The massage today it's available at your local jesus and me stores and at airport terminals worldwide
1: Purchased your airline tickets for your summer getaway yet? If not, don't pay more for your airfare, hotel room, or rental car than you need to. Longtime Pirate Christian Radio featured advertiser, Cheapo Air, is your one-stop shop for all of your travel needs. And we've got a special promo code for you to use at Cheapo Air to save an additional $10 off of Cheapo Air's already low prices. So visit com forward slash cheap, write down the promo code, then click on the web banner and book your travel today. And remember, a portion of your purchase will go to support Pirate Christian Radio. That website address, again, is com forward slash cheap. And thank you for your support. Cowabunga.
3: USA and A B C and D. Outside, USA. USA.
0: Hello, I'm Brandon House of WorldViewRadio.com. WorldViewRadio.com is the world's premier biblical worldview online radio network. And now you can take it with you on the go with our free app that you can download free of charge at WorldViewWeekend.com forward slash APP. That's WorldViewWeekend.com forward slash APP. And you'll hear the daily and weekly radio programs by people like T.A. McMahon of The Brian Call, Chris Rosebro of Fighting for the Faith, Usama Dakdok on the Truth About Islam, Noise of Thunder with Chris Pinto, Justin Peters and the Justin Peters Program, Crosstalk, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung in Prophecy Today, Jesse Johnson with the Bible Teaching Program of Emmanuel, Dr. John Whitcomb, and Mike Gendron of Proclaiming the Gospel Radio, as well as Carl Teichrib with Forcing Change Radio. All of these biblically-based radio programs are available free of charge at worldviewradio.com and through our free app at worldviewweekend.com forward slash app. Biblical worldview radio that you can take with you on the go.
1: Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith can save you from having involuntary weight loss of the wallet. Weird warning, huh? That being said, I have to actually pay the bills here because, well, there's not a lot of money in sound doctrine, but there's a lot of it in false doctrine, but... Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. I cannot promise you, nor will I promise you, anything that God's going to bless you or make you rich or whatever. In fact, I guarantee you that if you support Fighting for the Faith in whatever amount that you choose to support, that that money will be invested in a ministry, in an outreach designed to help people not be deceived. To, you know, what we do here is basically placard sound biblical doctrine and expose the false teachers for what they are and preach the only solution that we have, and that's Christ and him crucified for our sins. So this is a partnership and i cannot promise you any blessings period none whatsoever i will not blow into a handkerchief and then send it to you so that you can heal your dog of his you know whatever problems that he might have i we don't do that kind of stuff it's real simple this is a partnership and if you find the work that we do valuable and helpful and want to help us keep doing what we're doing then partner with us by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate, the other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you're signing up to automatically contribute $6.95 every month. That's it. Every month of the ongoing work and mission of Fighting for the Faith and Pirate Christian Radio is a great way to support us. And if you'd like to specify the amount that you would like to contribute via a partnership, you can do so by clicking on the donate button Or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 508, Fishers, Indiana, zip code 46038. And let me thank you for your support. We cannot do what we are doing here at Fighting for the Faith without it. Okay, moving along. We've again, we've already played our money theme. That's our whole theme for the day, today's program. Those who are making merchandise of people and preying upon them and their pocketbooks. Here's another prime example from the Rod Parsley television program, where he and um, Steve Muncie engage in well, biblical obfuscation that will only cost you three. Um, probably three um, seed offerings of $77. Yeah, no joke. H- here we go. This is going to be, you're going to hear Rod Parsley introducing Steve Muncy in this segment
5: regarding the so-called law of sustainment. Here we go. Dr. Muncy. I'm so glad to have you back Thank with you. us. I don't know what Thank to do. You. And on this broadcast of Breakthrough, I said, D- "Don't even tell me what seals you're going to break. Just break them and let me feast at the table as well." So you get your iPad open, get your get your phone ready. You
1: get ready for seals to be broken a direct word from God via Steve Muncy mm-hmm. and this, Ron Parsley is just going to feast upon this teaching. No, he's not. He's going to feast upon the money it's going to bring in.
5: You can do it on your iPhone or get your notepad. Listen intently because you're about to receive a word in season for those of you that are weary. And I might say the devil's attacking all of you. Oh, you're going to receive a word from God in season and the devil's
1: attacking you. Oh yeah. See, oh, you feel like that? Oh, you need a word in season? Oh, well, don't worry. (laughs) Steve Muncy and Rod Parsley they've got your they they got your back man they are looking out for you and they've got direct revelation from God that's going to speak to your financial distress
5: so just get ready for the blessing of God through this incredible revelation from God's
6: man Dr. Steve Munsey thank you you are watching at this time and you are the one N- no one else but you
1: I- i'm the one me you're talking to me? Oh, wow! Ooh. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, I, I'm just watching this on my computer screen, and you're you're talking directly to me. I knew that I was important. I I knew that I was so important that God really, 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 really wants me to have exactly what I want. Oh, it's about time that a man of God acknowledged me
6: individually. Oh, <laughs> are the one in which God says. I'm going to do. I am going to do several things, but two things in particular. What did God tell you about me?
1: Oh, I love hearing about me. Me, I, me. I'm so important.
6: <laughs> one of the things that God is getting ready to do for you is every one of you that have children or you have grandchildren. I,
1: I've got children and I got a grandson too. Oh. Man, this, is really, this guy's good. He's, he's, see, I know he's talking directly from God to me because, well, I have children
6: and grandchildren. Or you have friends that have children that you love.
1: Um, that pretty much is now like everybody. Oh, you have friends who have children. So even if you don't have your own children, but still, he's talking to me.
6: In the next few moments, there's going to be a word uttered through the television set, yes. and it's to you. Oh, no way. It's to you. No, wow.
1: Oh, yeah. See, I knew God. Knew I was important.
6: And that God is about to do a turnaround. And there is what was once dead. Uh-huh. If I can use this terminology, what was once dead uh-huh. in your child, uh-huh. in the teenager. Uh,
1: so you, <laughs> so notice how this particular money scheme is now working. You've got children. Or maybe grandchildren, and one of them has gone astray. Something is dead inside of them, and they need, it needs to be resurrected. You know, it, Maybe they're sleeping with their girlfriend. Maybe they're addicted to alcohol or drugs. Or maybe their grades are slipping. Or maybe that scholarship they were supposed to get for you know, to that university for sports, they've completely slacked off, and they're no longer dedicated to that sport. And their future is completely looking bleak right now. Okay, so we're going <clears> to <throat> prey on people who are having difficulties with children or grandchildren, and they're fearful. That's how the
6: scheme works. And the 20-year-old, 30-year-old will be resurrected. And you have been praying.
1: Okay, so something's going to be resurrected. Well, what do I need to get God to resurrect that thing? Because, you know... maybe my child or grandchild is, is something's dead inside and i don't want them to go on in the life like this i mean what do i got to do what do i need to show god that i believe that he's can resurrect something dead inside of them
6: talking to you you have been praying specifically god my son my grandson my oh god my granddaughter so You are very, very important, and God is going to give you a word. Mm. Oh,
1: I'm important, and God's going to give me a
6: word. No way. This is too good to be true. Right. Number two, you that are watching me, you're wondering, can God actually give me a breakthrough financially?
1: Oh, yeah. See, I'm... Can God give me a breakthrough financially? So, those of you with troubled children or grandchildren, or you need a financial breakthrough, can God? Because I'm important. Can God? He can because I'm important. Remember, I'm going to get a direct
6: word from Steve Muncy. I need money. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm really backed up against it. Right. I'm talking to you.
1: So notice who he's praying upon. He's not going to say. Call us up, and we're going to financially assist you. We're going to help you over the hump. We're going, we've lined up people who are Christians, who God has blessed financially, and call us, and we will, using Christian money, find a way to assist you over the hump so that you can have a breakthrough. That's not how this works. You're already in financial dire straits, and they're not going to send you a penny. The expectation is you have to send them money. This whole thing is backwards.
6: This is a word in which God has said these words to me. Pastor Parsley, breakthrough, uh, all the breakthrough staff here. Here's what he said to me. He said... This word that you're going to give, I have prepared the person watching this time to turn on the television set and to watch it.
1: Wow. Oh, so you're flipping channels and, and see, God told him that you were going to be flipping and see him right now. See, that? Oh, it's God. God's good, man. God knew that you were going to be watching right now. So that proves that this is a word from, yeah, this is ridiculous.
6: And this person that is watching, Pastor. Yeah. This person that is watching, God has declared, this is the one I am going to use to sustain, to sustain this ministry.
1: Ah, so somebody flipping the channels, God knew you were going to flip to them and... God said to Steve Muncy that this person who is flipping channels, who's, who needs a financial breakthrough or whose children are in dire straits, that God has said that that person will be who God uses to sustain Rod Parsley's ministry? Uh,
6: what? They're the ones that I have called to listen to this today to sustain breakthrough. And then in exchange, I'm going.
1: Then in exchange, ah, wage, this for that, quid pro quo. If you sustain Rod Parsley's ministry with cash, then you're purchasing from God via Rod Parsley a breakthrough for yourself financially. How's the saying go? There's a sucker born every minute. You believe this, you're not believing in the true God. Nowhere in scripture are God's miracles, God's gifts, God's provision for sale.
6: To touch their situation. Watch. Ready? Ready? You're there. The Bible said in 1 Kings 17, the word of the Lord came to him, saying...
1: Okay, 1 Kings chapter 17. This is a classic twisting of Scripture by those who teach falsely regarding money. 1 Kings chapter 17, by the way, is not, and I repeat, is not about tithing. Nope, not at all. We're going to read it in context before we leave, let Steve Muncy mangle this text. 1 Kings chapter 17. A little bit of context here. God in the earlier chapter has told, um, well. In fact, let me read this. Okay, First Kings chapter seventeen. We'll start there. Now, Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to King Ahab, who by the way was an idolater, and his wife Jezebel. That's her proper name. Um, she is like the princess of idolaters. Okay, they've killed God's prophets. Hunted them down and murdered them, and you know the prophets, so-called of uh, Baal and Asherah, are thriving in the land of Israel, and uh, and God has had enough, and so there's going to be a showdown. We'll just read this now. Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord Yahweh, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word now why is this important simple because Baal is the Lord of the air He's the one who brings the rains that give us they the water our crops and and cause the crops to grow so that we can eat so he's supposedly the deity who reigns in the in the heavens in the clouds and gives us the rain but Yahweh says according to the word of Elijah the tishbite, There will be no rain. In other words, God, Yahweh, is letting Ahab and his wife Jezebel know Baal does not exist. Nope, does not exist at all. And to prove it, we're going to show how inept your deity is. He's not even going to be able to bring the rain until Elijah says the rain is going to come, therefore proving that he is utterly impotent. And why is he impotent? Because he doesn't even exist, right? So, so... The word of the Lord came to Elijah, saying, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself in the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook and I have, that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. So then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So the word of the Lord had gone to this widow, plain and simple, and God's word comes to her and says, You need to feed Elijah. Okay, so Elijah rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I might drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As Yahweh your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me and afterwards make something for yourself and for your son for thus says yahweh the god of israel the jar of flour shall not be spent that the lord send until until the day that the lord sends rain upon the earth and she went and did as elijah had said and she and her household ate for many days now notice here okay all she had she's got zip she's got a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour. That does not, you know, a great meal make, okay? Now, does God say, "Well, you got to sustain the ministry of Elijah, otherwise, you know, I'm not going to bless you." No. Notice that God commanded her to feed Elijah. And then God provided for her the means to feed Elijah. What God demanded, God provided she didn't have to sacrifice a thing because every time she'd scrape out you know a cup of flour and you know prepare it for uh, you know to make bread and scoop out some oil to go with that whatever the container was that she was using it would fill right back up god provided everything everything and yet those who twist god's word and would make merchandise of you Oh, oh! look at the sacrifice of that widow of Zarephath. She's got to give in order to receive her breakthrough. Nuh-uh. God provided everything from beginning to end. She, the reason why she never ran out of flour and oil is because God provided the flour and oil. God gave her the word, and God provided the means. Plain and simple. She didn't have to sow a seed into Elijah's ministry, but listen to what we're about to hear from Steve Muncy and
6: Rod Parsley. So I just want you to know that what I'm saying to you, I'm repeating, the word of the Lord came and brought me to breakthrough on this broadcast today.
1: Yeah, did you hear? Yeah, let me back that up so you can hear this blasphemy. So he's claiming the same kind of prophetic status as Elijah. Yeah, no joke. Listen again in context.
6: The Bible said in first Kings of seventeen chapter the word of the Lord came to him saying. So I just want you to know that what I'm saying to you, I am repeating, the word of the Lord came and brought me to breakthrough on this broadcast today. And here's what the Bible says. Arise, Steve Muncie, and go to Columbus.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. So the word of the Lord came to Steve Muncie, Rise and go to Columbus, where Rod Parsley is located.
6: Well, this one says, Arise and get thee to Zarephath. Mm-hmm. But the Lord said, Arise and go. I can tell you the night we met, uh, Pastor Parsley and I, we met in a studio in the south on a, on a national television uh, uh, studio. Right. And I said, You know, the Lord has really touched me. The Lord spoke to me and says, Arise and go. You must go to Rob Parsley's. I've never been here. Now, we have been friends all for, years. for 25 years. Right. We have never That's been right. together
5: like this. Right. We were in a setting. Dr. Muncie walked up to me. I felt something connect immediately. He... Oh,
1: now notice here. So, what's Rod Parsley's role in all this? He's providing the so called confirmation. He felt something. I can confirm this word of the Lord that Steve Muncie had. And so this provides confirmation. He's truly hearing from God. This is a rehearsed
5: scheme. This is a rehearsed scam. He looked in my eyes and he said, God has a word. And that's why I shared at the beginning, I don't know what word he's going to share. We didn't discuss this at all. But God had everything.
1: Really? I, yeah. Uh-huh. If you believe that, I've got a bridge I'd like to sell you. It's in Brooklyn. It, it's a
5: gorgeous bridge. I promise you. You know, it, I can sell it to you on the cheap. ...orchestrated, and you are right there right now. I am right here, right now, receiving this word at the same time you are. God is about to move for us together, you and I. No way. Together, you are the one. I am the one. You are the one. You are so important. You, I know. I know. I knew it all along. I was
1: really important to God. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. See what playing on your vanity
5: and your greed and god had a man his name was moses and god had a word it was his word and today god has a man dr muncie and he has a word but it's not so dr muncie he's just like moses he's just like elijah
1: he's the man of god (gasps) what does god tell you steve please share with me not dr muncie's word It's God's word to you. And so it's not Dr. Muncy. This is God talking. Again, this is what
6: it means to take God's name in vain. To me right now, the Bible says in Zarephath, he says, dwelling there, behold, now watch this, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. Let's talk about this. Sustain. Do
1: you hear hear broad parsley? Sustain. Uh-huh says so like some kind of subliminal message, and I remember God told Steve Muncie that if you 're watching this on television right now that you're the one God wants to use to sustain rod parsley's ministry
6: this 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 minister this minister has stopped the heavens the economy is in complete depression mm-hmm. the whole country is 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 completely broke. Mm-hmm. This woman, if you read the content and you begin to really scholastically go after it, you will find scholastically is that a word that she probably took her son, cuz she had a boy which we'll read about, that day or day before and said, we're going to die in a couple of days, so we better be- we better dig our own graves. Look at all the people that are dying here. Look at all the death. Nobody's going to bury us, baby. The boy looks at the mother and says, "We're going to die. How are we going to die, mother? We're going to die of starvation. Wow. The collapse has
1: come." But yet notice all this dialogue that isn't in that biblical text.
6: Come to the economy. There is no. They're eating babies. Right. When you begin to read in the scriptures, you'll find that they started eating babies like cannibals in in, in famine. Yeah. Uh, this famine, there was eating of babies. What verse says that? The man of God, which, listen to this closely, breakthrough, Rod Parsley, the ministry that's been on for years, contending for the faith, contending for the cross.
1: No, contending for your dollars, contending
6: for a fat wallet for Rod Parsley contending for the preaching of the cross that seems to be foolish. Uh,
1: Yeah. Um, When does he do that? I hear him preaching a lot for money. When does he preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins via the cross? That's not happening right now.
6: In some circles. He contends for it. So God says, I must have Rod Parsley to keep preaching the cross mm. and to preach.
1: Oh, yes. God himself has said, listen, I need Rod Parsley to keep preaching. So we need somebody who will sustain him.
6: Preach breakthrough upon television and around the world, because I've called him to do that. When he was in his mother's womb, I called him to be on television so that... Hmm.
1: Really? God called Rod Parsley to preach false doctrine and fleece people on television? Yeah, I don't think so.
6: That he could bring breakthrough. Then God says, Steve, when you go on television, the people that are watching, you, you that are watching, God says, I'm going to have them watching because I want them to sustain breakthrough. I- oh,
1: yeah. See, you got to sustain Rod Parsley's breakthrough program.
6: Want them to, because I love breakthrough. That's it. This- See, God has commanded you to do this. No, he hasn't. This prophet who had been fed by God, this man of God who was holding the heaven shut, and God said, I will back you. This man, which Ahab and Jezebel was trying to kill, this man, who had the power of the economy mm. of the whole middle east, mm,
5: yeah, the power of the economy my you know?
6: right, goodness in his anointing, yeah, he did that all he had to do is say, "Lord, let it rain, yeah, and the economy would break wide open, and there would be no famine, there would be no death, there would be no disease, mm. and, the, and
1: no debt and no disease. Um, I don't recall anything in um, First Kings 17 or 18 talking about Elijah having the power over debt and disease. Yeah, you are totally twisting God's word here, as to be expected, because what you're listening to is a very, very well-rehearsed, well-practiced, and time-tested false fleecing message designed to help your wallet
6: lose a lot of weight. And here's a man that God has fed and God is taking care of, but God has just declared to him, go to breakthrough. Steve, get on breakthrough. So God has just told Steve, get to breakthrough quick. I am going to have people watch you. And they are the ones that are going to sustain breakthrough.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. You're commanded by God. You've got to sustain breakthrough. God told Steve Muncy to tell you that you've got to do this, man. It's not in the Bible. This is not a word from God. This is a word from Steve Muncy and with uh, his accomplice, Rod Parsley, in order to get money from you. What do you get in return? Well, listen in. Pay
6: attention to the details of this contract, apparently. Because they will sustain breakthrough, Steve, I'm going to do a divine reversal oh, Jesus! that is going to happen to them that they have already said it's over. Oh,
1: wow. See, you can buy a divine reversal if you just obey God's word through the prophet Steve Muncy and sustain Rod Parsley's breakthrough television program. I know it sounds really convoluted, but wow, what a deal. All I got to do is send money to Rod Parsley, and God's going to bless me with a reversal—a divine reversal. Sounds important. Where does the Bible talk about those divine reversals again? Oh yeah, like nowhere. Um, yeah, never mind. It, it, who cares? Uh, don't confuse me with that biblical stuff here. I mean, God, Steve Munsey's truly a word—a man of God. Nobody would would uh, lie like th- lie about this stuff,
6: would they? Like, this is my last meal, my last dollar, my do last that. job, my last do this. my last thing, etc. And, and you hear me hear me what I'm saying.
1: So if you're down to your bottom dollar,-, mm-hmm, you know, uh, the sun'll come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun just thinking about tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing, right? So you know, you got a real problem here, you know down to your bottom dollar and um, you know what God wants you to do? Give it to um, Rod Parsley, and then you know send in enough and money, and then God will um, bless you with a divine reversal rod parsley 's extremely wealthy folks, and um, so he 's not helping the poor, not meeting their needs, using the money that God has given to help these people, but the people who are most destitute in dire financial straits apparently god wants them to send what little they have you know food that they need for gas food that they need for food food that uh, money that they need sorry money that they need for you know sustaining themselves day to day paying the electric bill you know things like that uh, god wants you to well send it all in you you got nothing but don't worry there's a, there's a quid pro quo here you sustain rod parsley's ministry mm hmm and according to the prophet Steve Muncie, God's going to give you a, a divine reversal, but you've got to pay for it.
6: So he goes, I'm coming now. I don't know who you are. In fact, we don't know the woman's name, so right. I don't know your name. All I know is you're there, and God is now communicating between you and I. I've asked you, would you just wait now three minutes, just maybe two more minutes, and you've done that. He then says to the woman, would you give me some water? She says, I will. Now, water was pretty hard to get and scarce. But now but now she responds. Right. He does not know. He does not know a couple things. One, he does not know that this woman has only got one meal left. Neither does he know, because I'm going to fast track here. I'm going to go to the end of the story. Neither does he know that... This woman's child has got a disease, and he's not going to die by starvation. There's a disease in his mm. body, and he's going to die. Mm. She doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. The man- uh,
1: Yeah, the scriptures never say exactly what he dies from. Um, so, yeah, he does die, but Elijah raises him from the dead doesn't say exactly what was the exact cause. Those, those forensics are not in the biblical text. So you're adding uh, things to the biblical text that are not there.
6: And of God doesn't know it. I'm talking to somebody right now. You do not know your future. Talk to there them. is a crisis happening Talk in your finances. A crisis happening with your children. A crisis happening in your marriage. You do not know it. It's right ahead of you. Right. And you think of other things that are distracting you that it's over with. But you have no idea what's down the road but God does and God says I can do a divine reversal if you now listen to this
1: I can do God says I can do a divine reversal if if you're purchasing a divine reversal here because that's what the if is about
6: this if you 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 that are watching me will become the sustainer
1: Mm. you better become the sustainer
6: how do I become the sustainer? Here's what the Bible says when he says, as I ask you to watch.
1: Now, keep in mind, I've already demonstrated that what God has asked this woman to do, has told her to do, God then provides the means for her to do it. She was down to just a little bit of flour and some oil, and they never ran out. So God miraculously provided the means for her to do what he commanded her to do. Plain and simple. She didn't have to give Out of her poverty, she had nothing already and God gave her, sustained her, not because she sacrificially gave, but because the promise was given before she ever did anything. Let's go back and review the timeline here. Okay, so we're back at 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. Now, did God bless her? with flour and wa and oil after she made a cake of bread or before before she gave anything watch when, then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I might drink. So the commands there. And she was going to bring it, and he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As Yahweh your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. That's all she's got. Now, does God give her the promise of the miracle after or before she gives anything? Pay attention. Now, And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks so that I might go and prepare it for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So there it was. Did she do anything? Did she obey anything? Not one single command did she obey up to that point and god promised her miraculously through the prophet elijah that not to worry god's going to take care of and give you everything everything that you need to fulfill what he's asked you to do so she didn't go and bake some bread, and then, and then Elijah said, Very good, because you have chosen to sustain my ministry, now God's going to bless you with flour and oil breakthroughs and a divine reversal. Nope. The promise was there before she ever obeyed a single word of Yahweh. It was there for her prior to any obedience. What this Steve Muncy guy
6: is doing is, well... It's a con. The Bible says, he said, would you give me some water? And she said, yes. And then he says, ma'am, I got to live. I got to keep my ministry going. I got I to gotta stay alive. I'm the one that has brought the drought and the depression. I must stay alive. I need my ministry to be sustained. I'm the man of God. Would you give me some food?
1: Uh, nowhere does it say, I need my ministry to be sustained. The text doesn't say that
6: at all. He says, sir, I can't do that. Sir, I told my boy this morning, we went out and, and, and dug the graves. It's over with. We will eat our last meal and then we will... Uh,
1: notice he's completely changing the story.
6: We'll Wait for starvation. It may take 20 or 30 days, but we will starve to death. Our last meal. Watch what the prophet says. And Elijah said unto here, fear not, do as I have said. Mm. Fear not. Do as I have said, and he said, Make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after that make it for thee and thy son. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sinneth rain upon the earth.
1: Yeah, again, all the promises were there before she obeyed anything.
6: In other words, life and death is in my tongue. I have the... Uh,
1: no, that's not what Elijah said.
6: ...the power with my faith and Rob Parsley to believe and to speak a miracle blessing over you. <laughs>
1: uh, right, so... Apparently, Rod Parsons is just like Elijah. He has the power from God to speak a miracle blessing over you. No, he doesn't.
6: Because you are the one that is going to sustain breakthrough. Think of that. Oh,
1: man, what a complete mangling and twisting and blasphemous mishandling and abuse of God's word all to make pennies off of these poor people who have no means to sustain
6: themselves. A, now, fear is going to operate here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Will you?
1: Oh, yeah, fear. huh?
6: Listen to me three more minutes. Be obedient. Listen to me three more minutes. Yeah,
1: be obedient. If you're listening to this and thinking that what they're saying is true, you're not being obedient to God. You're listening to the devil.
6: Fear is operating here. Right. What are you going to do? Oh, I know what you're going to do. I know. I've seen you on TV. I know what you're going to do. No, no, don't let the fear. Because I've come to tell you that you are the sustainer, and God has said, You are going to sustain this ministry.
1: Mm. No, he hasn't. This is blasphemy. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to me very, very strongly. No, it's not. The spirit of greed is.
6: Right now, that you are to go get the meal. Mm. I'm speaking to you now. You go get the meal. Listen to this. Now to sustain this ministry breakthrough. And this is what's going to happen. When you go... And you get your hands on $77. 77.
1: Yeah, there it is. As soon as you get your hands on $77. How much food do you think $77 can buy somebody who is literally on the poverty line?
6: $77. If you have three children, I would do three of those.
1: So if you got three children and you're financially strapped, $77 for each child. We're talking over two hundred dollars. Don't you think that money is better spent actually going to the grocery store and feeding your children? No. Uh, yeah, Rod Parsley and Steve Muncie—they're not going to send you money. You've got to send
6: them money. Seventy-seven dollars. Now, why seventy-seven? Simply because when Job lost everything that he had. Yeah. He put seven rams upon the altar, yeah, and he put seven, uh, he put seven. So what?
1: Just because Job did something doesn't mean it's a command for me to send you money.
6: Seven goats upon the altar, 77. And when he did that, he got back double everything. My God.
1: No, he, oh, man. He did not get back double everything because he sacrificed. He sacrificed because God finally removed the satanic curse that was, was plaguing him and the temptation and testing of the devil that was upon him. Unbelievable.
6: So what I'm saying to you, I want you. I want you to go. And now immediately you say, I don't know if I can do that or not.
1: You shouldn't do it at all. These are con men. God is
6: not speaking through them. The moment you do this, Mm. there will be a supernatural miracle that will happen to your finances.
1: Lies. All lies. This is how they prey upon you. You are in dire straits. You are in financial straps at this point. And you would do anything and this is supposedly the Hail Mary pass. You happen to just be flipping the channels and came across these guys, and oh, God says I'm the one. And that fill your head with false doctrine, false prophecies, false visions, false words from God, all designed to get you to write a check and send them money that you cannot afford to send to these people. All under the guise that if you do that, then a miracle is going to happen and all that money is going to multiply and come back to you. That's a lie. At the end of this, you're talking about literally not being able to make a car payment, not being able to put food on your table, not being able to pay for the electricity, not being able to pay for something vital, which God has already given you the money necessary and needed to pay for those vital things. Don't squander those resources that God has given you by sending it to these charlatans who are lying to you in the name of God.
6: I'm talking about today. This doesn't today. normally happen. But because God said, Steve...
1: It doesn't normally happen. Right. Yeah. It's happening today. They've got a special offer from God. Act now.
6: Steve, when you go on Breakthrough with Rob Parsley, the people watching... I'm going to classify them as sustainers, because Elijah, when he went to Zarephath, God said, "I will have someone there to sustain you. You won't know who
1: it. Yeah, it was God. God is the one who ended up sustaining Elijah. No joke. Just read the text. Who was the one who made sure the flour never ran out and the oil never
6: ran dry? It was God. Who it is? But I will have them. And the Bible, look at the lady, just like you, uh, uh, sir, sir, man, just like you, that when I responded to God to say to you to give $77, $277, in fact, i You
1: and I are not found in the story of the widow of Zarephath. God is not speaking to us to sustain Rod Parsley's very elaborate and expensive tastes uh, through your helping him. And again, who's helping him? Those in the most financial distress.
6: And and something is telling me right now to do it three times. So maybe you would do it now and then you would do it next month or whatever. To sustain this ministry. To make this commitment to say, I'll do it. Fear will set in and say, Mm. I, I, I. Yeah, this is not God talking because
1: God is the one who sustained Elijah. Miraculously.
6: Uh, This is my last 77. I don't know if I can do it.
1: Now. Yeah, now listen to that. This is my last 77. I don't know if I can do it.
6: Don't. I have the power only because God said the people that are watching. Right. I, I mark them as sustainers. My Jesus. This is called. the.
1: I mark you as duped. I mark you as suckers.
6: The sustain offering. It's mm. one of the most powerful offerings. Thank you, Lord.
1: It's a sustain offering. Most powerful offering. Right. Again, I've got a bridge to sell you in, in New York. I'll give it to you for cheap.
6: The whole Bible. And right now, I'm going to speak to every one of you. And I'm talking to somebody right now. You can give seven, $777, but I want you to do 700
1: Now, it's gone from $77 3 times to $777. Good night. That's probably everything somebody that you're praying on needs to get them through most of a
6: month. Focus in on this. Because I want you in about two or three minutes, I want you to go and get the $77, whether it's credit card, whether it's a check or whether it's, uh, whether it's, uh, whatever, how you can yeah. do it online, et cetera, et cetera. And you will go and get it. Mm. The moment you give it, once it's released supernatural, there's going to be an angel that's going to come and is going to write. T-
1: this is such a load of garbage complete blasphemous
6: lies and all using God's name to do it to prey on those who need help touch your finances do thank not be surprised when a phone call comes do not be surprised in the mail what's about to happen I do not that. be surprised I that agree. in Luke 6:38 God is going to put a supernatural cause
1: I, I can't listen to this anymore this is d- disgusting blasphemy Praying on those who need financial help the most. Christian charity is to give to those in need, not take from them in the name of God and promise the magic beans. Unbelievable. I'm, uh, I do not even have words for how angry I am right now. And unfortunately, this episode of Fighting for the Faith. Is not over yet. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Or you can follow me on Twitter. My name there at pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back. We got more of the same kind of shenanigans, this time for potential church down in Florida. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right
0: back.
2: You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. If
3: everybody had a-
1: Have you purchased your airline tickets for your summer getaway yet? If not, don't pay more for your airfare, hotel room, or rental car than you need to. Longtime Pirate Christian Radio featured advertiser Cheapo Air is your one-stop shop for all of your travel needs, and we've got a special promo code for you to use at Cheapo Air to save an additional ten dollars off of Cheapo Air's already low prices. So visit PirateChristianRadio.com forward slash cheap. Write down the promo code, then click on the web banner and book your travel today. And remember, a portion of your purchase will go to support Pirate Christian Radio. That website address, again, is piratechristianradio.com forward slash cheap. And thank you for your support. Cowabunga.
3: USA.
2: What was I just doing, you might ask? Well, I just conquered the outer rim planet of Pico Pond with my trusty double barreled nuclear plasma cannon. Well, I just did in this video game. But how is it possible for someone like myself to play 13 hours straight and not get a headache? It's quite simple, really. It's because I wear gunners. When I'm rocking these babies, I'm unstoppable. They're not limited to just games, mind you. Oh no! I rock the spreadsheet, the PowerPoint, the word processor, and when that's all done, I hop my T-16 and fry me some toasters. If you want to get in on the action, then head over to piratechristianradio.com forward slash gunners. You gotta see it to believe it.
1: number two of Fighting for the Faith, sermon review time, as we basically dissect and give you an anatomy of how the money grubbers fleece you and vacuum the money out of your wallet all in the name of God. Yeah, but let's do this right. Here we go. The the Bad, the Ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon comes to us via Potential Church out there in Florida somewhere. They're not even a real church. They're just a church in Potentia. Troy Grambling is their head pastor, and we've reviewed many of his sermons here at Fighting for the Faith. <clears throat> He's not qualified to be a pastor, and the type of people that he turns his stage over to—notice I didn't say pulpit— on any given Sunday should tell you something about his theology. The sermon, and it's not a sermon, the fleecing we're going to be listening to is called Upgrade. And it's delivered by a guy by the name of Marcus Lamb, who I think is the owner of Daystar Television. And the name of this particular fleecing is called Unlimited Vision. And boy, does this guy have the delivery down like perfect. Perfect. You're not going to hear God's Word rightly preached. You're not going to hear the gospel. You're going to hear a lot about money. That's really what these these so-called churches are all about. So let me kill the music, and without any further ado, here is Marcus Lamb and his um, sermon entitled Unlimited Vision from the Upgrade uh, sermon series over there at Potential Church. Here we go. If you have your Bibles
4: today, I want you to turn to the Old Testament to the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18. And I see, Mister Proverbs 29, verse 18. Oh,
1: yeah. We're, we can't talk about unlimited vision without ripping Proverbs 29, verse 18, out of context, which so many of them do. Let me read it to you so you understand what's going on. From the ESV, a good translation, it reads, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. That's kind of the thesis. Here's the antithesis. But blessed is he who keeps the law, the Torah. In other words, the prophetic vision that people lack, that they cast off, that causes them to cast off restraint. It's the written word of God, not some dream or vision that God places inside of your heart. But let's see what Marcus Lamb does with this. Predictably, I can predict what he's about to do. And
4: I see Mr. Gary Green sitting over there who worked for Joni and me for years at Daystar. He's now retired and moved to Florida. So Gary, it's so great to see you. Have you found Proverbs chapter 29? If you have, lift your left hand and wave it at me. Man, most everybody knows which one's your left hand. I saw one right-handed person. Proverbs twenty-nine eighteen says... Without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people perish. Comma.
1: (laughs) Without a vision, the people perish. Comma. But blessed is he who keeps the law, the Torah, the written word of God. This isn't talking about some vision that God's going to give you for your life. So when somebody's taking Proverbs twenty nine eighteen out of context and talking about you receiving an individual vision or something like that, and they're not rightly handle it, get up and walk out of the service. You're not going to hear the word of God rightly taught. And if you want, go ahead and make a stink on the way out. Say something like, this man's a Bible twister. I'm not sticking around for this. Otherwise, the roof's going to cave in. Do that. I'm speaking on the subject
4: of unlimited vision. Yeah, and where does this talk about unlimited vision? And the word vision can also be translated revelation. And if you
1: yeah, prophetic vision, prophetic revelation, where will we go to find that? I know, the Bible, the written word of God
4: just joined us by way of television. We are in Cooper City, Florida, the Fort Lauderdale area at Potential Church under the leadership of Pastor Troy Gramling, a church on fire for the Lord. No, Pastor Troy Gramling does
1: not rightly handle God's word. That is not a place that's on fire for the Lord, and Troy Gramling really isn't the head of Potential Church. The devil is. Welcome
4: to all of our viewers. When you're talking about vision, you're talking about destiny and purpose. And I was in Atlanta, Georgia. No, you're
1: not. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen is not about destiny and purpose
4: at the great Mount Perrin church. And I turned and I said, and some of you are pregnant. And when my finger stopped, it was pointing at three ladies in their sixties and they said, Woo! Like I sure hope that prophecy doesn't come true. But I then finished. I did what the the literary term is called a pregnant pause. And since I was talking about being pregnant, I said I pause and I said pregnant with destiny. Some of you today, this is a date with destiny. Today, you're going to have a divine appointment with... And here we go. He's literally,
1: literally just stroking the ego of everybody there. Sure sign he's going to be fleecing people for huge amounts of money. Yeah, yeah, we got... You're pregnant with destiny. You are important. You're the head, not the tail. You are so important and... Your little sinful ego goes, well, yeah, it's about time somebody recognized that.
4: God, you're going to have a kingdom connection because sitting in this facility are world changers and history makers, champions for Christ. Men and women, boys and girls that are going to rise up and go forward and do my. Men and women, boys and
1: girls. Notice he's even got the circus thing going on here. This guy is an entertainer. He's not a preacher. Oh, we got history makers here. We got world changers. Oh,
4: you are so important. The exploits in the name of the Lord. Why? Because you have a great God. So this is a word from God for potential church, for you and for your family and for those that are watching by way of television around the world. So I want to talk to two groups of people today. I want to talk to the Kings. And I want to talk to the priest. The kings are the business people. They are the people that God has given an anointing for business and an anointing to make money. The priest are the ministers, the preachers, the teachers, the singers, the prophets. They are the ones that are anointed for ministry. And it is God's plan for the kings and the priests to unite together for a common purpose. And I'm going to tell you about that purpose in just a moment. The ministers or the priests should be so anointed that they inspire lay people, non-ministers, to be able to own their own businesses. Uh, where,
1: where does it talk about these priests and kings coming together to inspire uh, lay people to own their own businesses? What passage of Scripture is that from? sure isn't found in proverbs 29:18 this is not a biblical teaching this is not a this is not sound biblical doctrine this is completely cockeyed concocted from this man's brain weird theology again watch out when they're buttering up their, your ego because they're going to come at you with the
4: meat hooks and those meat hooks are going to go straight to your wallet or start their own businesses and there are people in this congregation today that you have been working for money, but God's going to give you the revelation to let money work for you. Some of you, you're... Oh, yeah, here we go.
1: Now God's going to give you the revelation to have money work for you. I'm important. I'm a world changer. I'm a history maker. And now God, hey, we're going to get direct revelation from God to have money work for me. The hook's set. You're sticking around listening to this. It's just a matter of minutes before your wallet gets
4: fleeced. A nine to five job and there's nothing wrong with that. But some of you, God is going to challenge you to start your own business or to buy your own business. And then there's some he's going to give you inspired ideas and he's going to give you investment strategies. And then others, the scriptures talks about witty inventions I want to share just a few simple little tiny ideas that didn't cost hardly any money, but they made people multi-millionaires. Think about whiteout. Now again, I know potential church is such a youthful congregation. You don't know about black and white television. You probably don't even know about whiteout. But before there were iPads and iPhones and laptops, we used to type out things manually. And when we made mistakes, we would buy a little bottle of whiteout. And it was like white paint with a little brush and you'd take it and you would white out your mistakes. It was such a simple little thing. It didn't cost much money, but it made somebody a multi-millionaire. Then I think about something as simple as a paper clip. Man, it probably doesn't even cost a penny.
1: Uh, so you're gonna give us the history of inexpensive inventions that have led to somebody making millions of dollars. Is God promising to somebody there at potential church to be the inventor of the next paper clip of the next whiteout product?
4: Really? To make a paper clip, but somebody became very wealthy because they got the idea and they put it in. To practice and then post-it notes, those little yellow notes are pink or pink or orange, just a little tiny piece of paper with some glue on the top backside. Think about it. every college student, every high school student, every business person, you still use post-it notes again very inexpensive, very simple, but somebody came up with the idea and became very prosperous as a result. And then I know where this next invention came from. So what? Just because somebody became prosperous making these things doesn't mean that God's
1: promising the same for anybody at potential church. Like I said, This is a complete fleecing about to happen.
4: Velcro. If you go out in the woods and you get stickers and they stick to you, somebody probably got stickers all over them one day and said, I'm going to make something great out of that. And they came up with Velcro. Again, something so simple, something that would cost hardly any money but somebody became rich off of it. There are going to be some witty inventions that are going to come to some of you in days to come. So not only does God want you to be able to start... Really,
1: God has promised the people at Potential Church that some witty inventions are going to come to them in the days to come. Like I said, you want to buy a bridge? It's beautiful. I mean, Art Deco, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's in Brooklyn. Oi. I, again, I can give you some good financing on it.
4: Your own business or to own your own business or to get inspired ideas or witty inventions. God is a part of unlimited vision, wants to give you divine favor. Now, you don't need everybody to God wants to give it to me. Then why doesn't he just do it? like you. You just need the right somebody to like you. Somebody like Bill Gates, the richest man in the world who founded Microsoft or Warren Buffett, the second richest man in America, or Donald Trump. Did you know that when Donald Trump found out about my 50th birthday that he paid for me and three other friends?
1: Notice the name dropping. I mean, Donald Trump called him up for his 50th birthday. See, Donald Trump can be calling you too. That's you know yeah stick around a potential church God's gonna be unleashing uh, clever little ideas for you to start a business and make a bazillion dollars and then Trump will be calling you the same way he's calling this guy
4: to fly to his golf resort in Southern California and play golf uh, at his expense and when he was thinking about running for president. He invited Joni and me to come to Trump Tower to meet with him and talk to him and pray for him. And, uh, you know, you may be in, from Great Britain and maybe uh, all you needed was Sir Richard Branson of Virgin uh, Airlines or Virgin Media to like you. Well, it doesn't matter who it is. God's got the right somebody to cross your path as a part of unlimited vision.
1: Really, um, where does God's word promise that the right? Somebody is going to come across across my path for unlimited vision. Oh, yeah. Nowhere.
4: You're just speaking this out of your own dark little heart. And the business people we talked about, the priest need to be anointed to inspire the layman. Well, the business people need to be anointed to make money so that number one, they can properly take care of their family. Now, you fathers, you husbands, did you know that your first ministry is to your family and that you are actually called to be the high priest of your family? So God, when he blesses you in finances, he wants you first to properly take care of your family and second to tithe and support your local church. A
1: tithe- uh, yeah, nowhere in the New Testament are, are Christians commanded to tithe. The tithe goes to the Old Testament Mosaic Covenant, not the New Covenant
4: is simply 10% of your income. It's not even a gift. You owe that to God. But when you tithe and then uh, you give offerings above... No, you don't. You don't
1: owe it to God. Nowhere in the New Testament are Christians commanded to tithe. This is absolutely flat-out false. Let me read to you just a simple portion of Scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each one, each Christian must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The Old Testament tithe was under the Mosaic Covenant to support the ministry at the uh, temple, in the tabernacle, and it was a tax. That's the right way of looking at it. Christians are not commanded to tithe. That's an Old Testament practice. So we are under the gospel, we are under under grace, and God loves a cheerful giver. So give what you've decided in your heart. If it's 10%, that's a great amount to give. The 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 faithful saints in the Old Testament gave a tithe. But they gave it not as an exaction. At, you know, look at Abraham. This is something he did. If you if you want to give 5% or 4% or 20%, that's between you and God. Not reluctantly, decide in your heart, not under compulsion. If you're commanded to give a tithe, that's under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver, okay? That's the idea. And give as you are able in order to support the preaching of the gospel. You have been set free through the gospel from sin, death, and the devil, and slavery to all of that, right? Right? So supporting the ministry of the gospel helps also then for others to be set free. You do this cheerfully, do this out of gratitude, do this out of thankfulness, not because God's sitting there basically threatening to bludgeon you to death with a baseball bat if you don't give a tithe. This is not a New Testament, New Covenant teaching.
4: Your tithe, the blessing of God will come and he wants you to do that in your local church. And third, he wants you to be blessed in business so you can help fund the end time harvest through world missions and through worldwide ministries like Daystar. Now I have a unique perspective because I was raised in a Christian businessman's home But yet I'm in the full-time ministry. Joni was raised in a Christian businessman's home. And so we were taught the value of money at an early age. When I was five years old and went to first grade, I received 50 cents a week allowance from my dad because popsicles were 10 cents each. And at recess in hot Macon, Georgia, you wanted to have a popsicle.
1: Notice we're not in a biblical text. How many verses have we got so far? Half. Half. Proverbs 29, 18, part, half of it, Nick, the first half. He left out the comma and what comes after the comma. But now we're getting a life story. Again, all the buttering up and all this other stuff, this direct revelation, God wants to give you a crazy idea like, you know, paperclip or whiteout or something like that. He's going to give that and it's going to get you into business. All these are just basically to bait the hook. Money is the thing he's after. And now he's telling his little life stories along the way. Fun, huh?
4: So I had a decision to make God was already laying on my heart Because of the example of my father About paying tithes I decided I'm going to pay Tithe on that allowance Five cents a nickel You probably don't even know what a nickel is Have you ever seen a nickel? They have They used to make those years ago in America So the devil said to me, you don't need to pay your tithe on 50 cents. Why, 5 cents won't make one bit of difference to the church. What can they buy with a nickel? And why, if you do that, you fill out a tithing envelope or an offering envelope. That's probably going to cost the church 5 cents. And besides, if you do that then when Friday comes, you won't have any money left over to buy a popsicle and you'll be the only kid in first grade at recess in hot Macon, Georgia. So the devil came
1: along and told him all of that. It's just like, you know, when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, right?
4: No popsicle. I said, devil, you're a liar. I'm going to pay my tithe. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God looked at the heart of a little five. How many syllables does the word God have? I mean, I kind of, what, four syllables the way he did it? God, yeah. Little boy who was willing to pay a tithe of only five cents. And he said, I see I can trust him with money. So one day I'm going to put millions in his hands because I know he'll be faithful to me. Yeah,
1: you pay your tithe. See, what did God say about? Uh, Marcus here, one day I'm going to put millions in his hands because he tithed that one nickel. There's the quid pro quo. That's how it works. There's the formula. You tithe, and maybe God will say about you, I'm going to give you millions too, like I
4: did Marcus. Because he's proving it at a young age. That's because of the example of my dad. So that's what you business people. Why God wants to bless you, and my dad became a mill- Yeah,
1: what, God wants to bless you because you're
4: giving him money in air many times over, and he didn't wait till he became rich to give. He became rich because he gave when he was poor. And God, so
1: there you go. He God made him rich because he gave when he was poor. So if you're poor, keep giving because then God will make you rich. God blessed him. His heart was to give. He was. Oh, he's got that oh crocodile tears thing going on. God blessed him. Oh, you can almost hear him weeping on the inside as he's starting to count the money
4: before it even starts coming in the bucket. And a singer, he wasn't a preacher, but the Lord gave him a gift of giving. The Lord anointed him for finances so he could give. And we heard the story one time about a years later, my dad knew about this pastor. It wasn't even his pastor, but was the pastor was bivocational. That meant the pastor had to work a secular job and pastor the church on the side. Another personal anecdotal story, not a biblical text. My dad heard about it. And he said, you know what? That pastor is never going to be able to grow that church if he's having to work a secular job full-time. So my dad, without us even knowing, for a year, paid that pastor a full-time salary and said, quit your job and go work full-time for the Lord. And that pastor, because he was able to quit his job, he was able to build that church up and it became a self-sustaining church. And that's just one of the stories of of my dad and how God blessed him. So God wants to do that. for some of you to become a partner in the end time harvest oh man it sounds like a raffle i mean i gotta
1: where do i buy my raffle ticket maybe i can have one of those winning numbers and god
4: will do that to me in the last days and when you give to potential church you're helping to fulfill the great commission mark 16 and 15
1: says go no you're not if you're giving to potential church you're actually working against the great commission because Christ in the Great Commission commands that his words be taught, his commandments be taught. And Troy Grambling couldn't rightly handle a biblical text if I paid him money to do it.
4: Into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel is good news. Preach the good news to every creature. Yeah, what would that good news be?
1: Um, can you please give me some of the details? What is the good news again? And why would we
4: be surprised that Jesus would say go? When you think about two-thirds of God's name is go. And he said go. God isn't his name. His name is Yahweh. not preach the gospel. Do you remember the great story about Moses? Israel had, had been attacked and they were in a war. The Bible says that Moses lifted up his hands to God. And as long as Moses' hands were held up,
1: not only... Yeah, that's not a tithing passage. That passage is not about tithing.
4: Moses, but the all of the children of Israel, they were prevailing in battle and victorious in the war. But Moses, just like us, was a human and he became weary and he got tired and, and as his arms began to droop down, Israel began to lose the war. So God sent Aaron on the right side and her, H-U-R, on the left side and they held up the arms of Moses and while they did, Israel prevailed In battle. What was that? That was an example of a corporate anointing. When you. No, it wasn't. You just made that up. Faithful here under Pastor Troy Grambling. When you're. He's not faithful. Faithful to potential church or whatever church you're part of watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, that anointing that's upon that ministry will come upon you. It's a.
1: Complete lies. Total mangling of God's word. Again, he's already got his meat hooks into people's wallets already. It's going to get worse.
4: And just as for Aaron and her, as they blessed Moses, they also benefited from their faithfulness. So God is going to raise up men and women and potential church to help hold up the arms of pastors Troy and Stephanie Grambling. You know what?
1: Yeah, if Troy wants to be held up, he needs to get on his knees and repent. That's step one. And then be forgiven for all of his false doctrine and then bear fruit in keeping with that repentance
4: an anointing for increase here when you look at the facilities how nice how modern how clean they are when you see the multiplication and growth of many different campuses and even international locales you see the favor of God upon potential church that's the kind of ministry you need to be involved in one that God is blessing because when the hand of God is on something if you touch or bless what the hand of God is blessing, guess what? That blessing is going to come upon you. Uh, What are you talking about?
1: What passage says that? Oh yeah, not one. But I realized just promising all these things. If they give money,
4: some of you, you say I'm unqualified. What can I do? How can I ever do anything great?
1: Now listen to this. He's going to get dangerously close to the gospel. Don't worry. He actually won't preach it. Listen to this.
4: Well, the good news is that God can qualify the unqualified. Somebody. Yeah, that sounds kind of like the gospel. What do you mean? Say praise the Lord. But then you may say, I'm more than unqualified. I'm disqualified. I've been to jail. I have a prison record. I've committed adultery. I got drunk and had a car wreck. I filed for bankruptcy. I've been a drug addict. I've been an alcoholic. Whatever it is, you say I'm unqualified. I'm These would be sins, yeah. Disqualified, rather. But, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that God can even qualify the disqualified. So, what-
1: Yeah, um, right. Do you care to give us some details? Because that would be the gospel. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's trespasses against them. For God made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we might be the righteousness of God. For God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. You see, God qualifies the disqualified by dying in their place and taking their punishment upon himself and offering them pardon and forgiveness of their sins. Are you going to mention that? Bet you won't.
4: Watch out, devil, here we come. If God be for us, who can be against us?
1: God has a great... Yeah, that was as close as he gets to flirting with the gospel. Won't preach it, though.
4: Plan and purpose for your life. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But many of us... Yeah, just ripping it out of context and turning it into a slogan we're looking at our circumstances and we're looking to the president as our source, or the federal government as our source, or to our job as our source, or our paycheck as our source, or maybe even our banker as our source. But ladies and gentlemen, man is not your source. But Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory. Again, out of
1: context, sloganizing here.
4: And the last time I Checked, he's loaded. He owns the cattle.
1: On oh, yeah. See, God's going to supply all your needs. And last time I checked, he's loaded. Oh, uh, here we go. God's the big sugar daddy in the sky.
4: thousand hills, and he owns a thousand hills that the cattle are standing on. He owns it all, and he's our source today. Proverbs 13 22 says, The wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the righteous. Can I tell you a quick story? I'm going to go through this quickly. Years ago, we filed for a permit for a TV station in Phoenix, Arizona.
1: Here we go again. Another one of his life stories. A few verses ripped out of context now and lots of his life stories.
4: We had a few thousand dollars in the filing fees and the engineering. And then we waited for years for the FCC to granted. Several other groups had tried to file for this station and did file for it, including a large church in Phoenix, Arizona, where Senator John McCain was a member. So it looked like the odds were stacked against us and our little fledgling group in Dallas. We weren't even Daystar then. We just had one little station in Dallas. But one day we were doing a live broadcast and somebody slipped me a note and said, it's your FCC attorney, your federal communications Commission attorney from Washington, D.C., who, by the way, was Jewish. And he said, I must talk to Marcus immediately. It's an emergency. It's about Phoenix. Well, that day, we happened to have the actor who starred in the Jesus movie. Yeah, Caviezel, yeah, uh-huh. So I said to the secretary, tell the, the, the lawyer I can't come to the phone because Jesus is on the program with us today. And I'm not leaving Jesus to go talk to the lawyer. And then later after we got off the set, he said they've granted Phoenix. So we quickly worked to get it on the air, come up with the money. It was about a million dollars to get it on the air. And then several years went by. And then one of the five largest companies in the world, General Electric, which at one time was the largest company in the world, contacted me and said, we want to buy that station. General Electric on NBC... And NBC owned Telemundo. And they did not have a full power Telemundo station in Phoenix. And they were in a battle with Univision. And all of our Hispanic friends here know about Univision and Telemundo. And so I said, well, the station's not for sale. I wouldn't sell this station because we're preaching the gospel with it. Unless you come up with another station That'll reach about as many people and a bunch of money that'll help me reach a whole bunch more people. Ladies and gentlemen, the final story was this. The $1 million station turned into a $76 million miracle. They gave us $50 million in cash... And three TV stations, not one, the three TV stations, NBC has spent $26 million on. So we got three times as many TV stations as we had before and $50 million to preach the gospel. I'm talking about unlimited vision because we have an unlimited. Yeah, um,
1: Yeah, you guys don't really preach the gospel and you fleece people and twist God's word. Um, I don't believe God's a part of any of this.
4: God, Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, the power of the Holy Spirit. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And God has a process. I was preaching.
1: What passage again says that? God has a purpose, a plan, and a process. Yeah, you're just winging it here.
4: One time in London, and the words came out of my mouth there is no progress without the process. Bob Buford wrote a book entitled Halftime. It was the most impactful book I've ever read, other than the Bible. Bob Buford was a multimillionaire, he owned a cable TV company. And he only had one child. He was a son. His name was Ross. Ross was in his 20s. He was an investment banker. He was being groomed to take over the family business. Ross went on a trip with some of his friends. And he decided to swim across the Rio Grande River from Mexico to Texas. And one day a phone call came to Bob Buford and they said, Ross is lost. We cannot find him. In fact... It took several months before they ever discovered his body. It made such an impact on Bob Buford that he began to seek God. And God said, Bob, you're in your 40s. You have reached the half." Yeah,
1: the story of Bob Buford, again, not found in the Bible
4: of your life and he said you've spent the first half of your life seeking after success but he said Bob it's time to make a course correction it's time to make a change you need to quit going after success and start going after significance You need. oh yeah notice
1: he's exegeting the story of Bob Buford's life
4: <sighs> not hearing anything about Jesus are we do something significant with your life so he sold his business and went into full-time ministry not only to lay people but to business people god changed him i want to close with these three things here are the three foundational steps if you want to see unlimited vision realized in your life number one you must hear from god
1: Really? Uh, If I want to have unlimited vision, I have to hear from God. Um, Where are these steps laid out in Scripture again? Oh, yeah. They're not. Not from man. You've got to get a rhema word. That means... Yeah, really? Um, Again, where does the Bible say I need to get a rhema
4: word? A word that has been revealed by God. Number two, you must be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans eight fourteen. for as many as... Yeah,
1: so I need to frame a word, and then I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, yeah. Again, where are these three steps laid out in, you know, like one passage to where I can just see from God's Word where these three steps are laid out on how to have unlimited vision?
4: by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Every day, you've got to be keenly aware of what the Lord is saying. You've got to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord and listen to the Holy. Yeah,
1: I'm very sensitive to it. Very sensitive. This is why I read God's Word and mark it, read it in the original languages, spend time studying it, meditating upon it, thinking about it, sometimes even debating what I think it says with other people to make sure I've rightly understood it. I'm very sensitive to the The voice of God, especially as I hear it in the written word.
4: Spirit, if you don't, you'll never achieve all that God has for you. And finally, you must persevere. Matthew 24 and 13, he that... Again, which passage
1: of Scripture has these three steps in one place, in one paragraph? Nowhere. This is a man-made, completely made-up
4: doctrine. This is not what Scripture says. Unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's the greatest lesson that Joni and I have ever learned, the power of perseverance. Don't give up. Quitters don't win, and winners don't quit. I oh, yeah,
1: that's the motivation right there. And what, yeah, from, there's no biblical passages that teach any of this.
4: ...those with the true story.
1: Yeah, close with another true story about you. Mm-hmm. Boy, we're learning a lot about Marcus here, not about Jesus.
4: Just a few days ago, this email came to Daystar. Dear Marcus and Joni, I've been meaning to write this testimony for some time. I've been so busy trying to contain the blessing of God that it's been, that he has been pouring out on me that I've been delayed but back in the spring of 2009, my wife and I were talking and praying about starting a business. We, des- we desired to have more freedom to do the things that... This is what we call a customer testimonial.
1: This is a very important part of salesmanship. It, it, at the end, you want people to give money or buy something. You need these customer testimonials.
4: God ...put in our hearts. The only problem was neither one of us had any prior business experience. Cue
1: sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique designed to create the false impression that God the Holy Spirit is now descending upon the auditorium, getting ready to do business with people as they're making decisions to apply these principles to their lives.
4: And for the most part, had struggled financially for the 10 years that we had been married. You know anybody like that? So we decided to take a leap of faith. At that time, we only had a little over $1,000 in savings, and we were living from paycheck to paycheck. Like They've only got $1,000
1: in savings and paycheck to paycheck. Here comes the example of what you got to do if you want God's blessing of unlimited vision on your life. This is, the, thi- this is the, ing- the ingredient that activates the whole thing.
4: Ready? Listen in. Again, the people here are poor. Many others at the time. One day while watching Daystar and your program, we were prompted to sow a seed of $1,000, which was really pretty much all we had. Yeah, send in your life
1: savings to Daystar Television. This is so backwards. It is so evil what this is.
4: It was during the Sherathon, and you were raising money for the new studio in Jerusalem to reach the Jewish people. So with the prayer of faith and a seed to God, we launched out into the deep. The very next day, and I'll just show you that this man put actions to his faith. The very next day... I gave my two weeks notice at work. I was counting on doing a side job when I left that would put enough funds in the bank until I could get the new business going. However, my last day of work, I received a phone call from the man who had promised me the job. He advised me he was putting the job on hold. You see, when you start to burst something, Satan will try to destroy you. He'll... So, send in your thousand
1: dollar seed offering, step out in faith, quit your job, and Satan will try to stop you. This is not a biblical teaching.
4: He'll try to stop you at the beginning. He'll try to kill something at its birth. He tried to kill Moses at his birth. Remember that?
1: Yeah, tried to kill Jesus too. So, he's going to try to kill your dreams of significance and stuff.
4: He tried to kill Joseph when he was a little boy. He tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. And when you try to step out in faith and follow the dream that God's placed in your heart, Satan will come and he will attack you. Then it
1: lies again. This is just
4: ridiculous.
1: And it's ego stroking nonsense
4: It's up to you what you decide to do. That's going to determine your destiny. So let's see. What did he do? I remember the feeling of defeat and hopelessness that came over me as I walked outside into my front yard. What would I do now? The recession was at its peak. The side job that I was counting on had fallen through. And I had a wife and two boys inside who were counting on me. But, but don't worry. He
1: sowed a $1,000 seed offering. That'll save him.
4: I remember standing there crying out and saying to God, God, if you don't help me now, I'm in big trouble. I asked God to forgive me for obviously being foolish and asked for his mercy. At that point, I remember thinking to myself that there was no going back. So I decided to let go of the fear of failure and trust him with all that I had.
1: Fake crocodile. Tears. This guy's good. He's really good. Yeah, he, he's probably a thespian and I'm not saying he's gay. I'm just saying that he's an actor, somebody who's studied acting. He's a thespian.
4: He was either sink or swim. And I was a poor swimmer to make matters even worse. That same week, I was broadsided in a truck that I just picked up for the business thankfully no one was hurt
1: this sounds like a country and western
4: song but the truck was totaled the business literally began with nothing i even had to share my wife's car until i could get another vehicle it was a rough start to say the least however god was faithful is he faithful today faithful to what faithful what are you talking about god was faithful and miraculously we never missed payment on a single bill that was due the yeah because they sold a thousand dollar seat offering remember you too can have all of this happen to you jobs miraculously came in week after week the work was there i never knew where it was coming from but it always came I called myself believing God, and yet I couldn't believe how he was supernaturally providing for us. It was amazing. In addition, a friend of mine in Paducah, Kentucky, blessed us with a vehicle for the business. Although there were many hardships in the beginning, I can't begin to tell you all the miracles that God performed on our behalf. Here's the Just because they sold
1: a $1,000 seed offering. Final
4: paragraph. To make a long story short, by the third year of the conception of our company, it grew from literally nothing to becoming a million-dollar
1: company. And See, God can do the same thing to you. You just need to step out in faith and sow a $1,000 seed offering.
4: We grew... By 100% each year in a terrible economy, I give all the glory to God. Every day that I walk in my office, I'm filled with gratitude for all that God has done for us. That's how I feel every time I drive on the grounds of Daystar. I'm so overwhelmed.
1: (laughs) How long did it take you to work up those false tears, right?
4: The goodness of God. He said, I truly believe that the seed,
1: there it is. Here, here's the, here's the closing line, ready?
4: That we sowed during your spring share that God looked at it and multiplied it a thousand times over, literally. In fact, last year we were able.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, man. Nowhere in scripture
1: does it say that if you sow a thousand dollar seed offering into a television ministry that God's going to bless it a thousand times over. Give more. This is magic. This is buying miracles from God. This is blasphemy.
4: Then we made our whole first year of marriage. Now the time has come. No, Done.
1: The time has come for him to turn this all around and fleece the people there at at, uh, Potential Church. That's an anatomy. Look, three different segments, same thing, all the different ways in which hucksters, conmen, snake oil salesmen blaspheme the name of the one true God and pray pray upon the poorest among us and take their money. In order to sustain their extravagant living and their huge budgets for their television programs and stations and stuff like that. And they don't preach the gospel. They preach that God wants you rich. Just have enough faith, send in a thousand dollar seed offering, and you too can have your miracle just like all of those testimony letters. It's not biblical, it's not Christianity. It's a false god and a false gospel. And at the end of it, you will perish in the fires of hell with those guys and all their money. Because your money can't save you, nor can your money buy you miracles from God. But God is merciful. He does care for you. Trust Him, and He will meet your needs. And you don't have to sow money. In fact, if you are sowing money in order to get from God... That is damnable. Repent and be forgiven because Christ even died for those sins. We're at the end of another edition of Fighting for the Faith. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at pirate Christian. Till tomorrow.